Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the ways and the whys of God as we pick up in Psalm chapter 73, verse 15. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Why God allowed a Christian lady to be raped and murdered in her own home. And so we try to rationalize. You can't. There's no way we can understand that. We know that God is good. Why God would allow that, we don't know. We can't understand that. There's no sense of trying to pretend that we do. There are many experiences that we will face in life that we do not understand. The ways of God or the whys of God. And so often a person comes up and says to me, Chuck, I don't know why God, and I say, don't go any further, I don't either. I don't know the whys of God. I'm not God. I I can't tell you why God allows certain things. When I was first in the ministry, I was under a heavy, heavy burden because I felt I had to have an answer for everybody because I was young. I, I just had, you know, people ask me questions. I had to have an answer, even if I didn't know one. I had to figure one out, frame one, under all kinds of pressure to give answers. I was trying to answer why God was doing various things. Thank God, now that I'm older, people don't expect me to know everything anymore. (laughs) And so I have a lot of questions that people ask me, and I just flatly answer, I don't know. And it's been so comfortable since I've matured to the place where I can answer honestly and say, I don't know. I don't know all the answers. Far from it. I do not know the whys of God. It's very hard because I do represent God to people. As a minister of Jesus Christ, I seek to represent him. And people say, but why did God allow this to happen to my little girl? Why did God allow this to happen to my wife? I don't know. Painful. I seek to understand it. It's too painful for me. And so the psalmist, his foot was slipping He was almost gone as his mind was dealing with these things that just about wiped him out till I went into the sanctuary of God and then I saw their end. Going into the sanctuary of God gave to him a broadened perspective and that is always the chief value of coming into the house of God. The chief value of gathering together with the Word of God is that we come into the consciousness of the eternal and our perspective is broadened. Because my problem 
in trying to deal with the issues of my life is that I'm always looking at them in the narrow perspective of today, tomorrow, and next week. The present discomfort that I feel, the present sorrow that I experience, the present hardship that I'm going through. And I'm always interested in immediate relief from this present situation from the pain or the grief or the hurt. Whereas when God is dealing in my life, He is dealing with the eternal in view. God is looking down into eternity and He's looking at the eternal values. And it is better for me to go through life maimed and enter into eternity with him than to go through life whole and to go to hell. And because God is dealing with eternity in view, sometimes he has to take away from me that which I count dear, that which I hold precious in order that he might work in my life his eternal purpose and plan. But I'm always looking at just the fact that I've lost it. I don't want to lose it. I, you know, wanted that. Oh, God, why did you take it away? And God could see what it was doing and detracting me from my walk and fellowship with him. And thus he removed it because he was interested in my eternal well-being. And when I come into the sanctuary of God, coming into the consciousness of the eternal, then I see things in a clearer perspective where I see them now in the eternal. As Paul said, we look not at the things which are seen, they are temporal. We look at the things which are not seen because they are are eternal. And the present sufferings then are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Even Jesus, who for the joy, the eternal joy that was set before him, endured the cross, though he despised the shame. And sometimes I am given a cross that I despise. I don't want to carry it. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to go through this experience. I don't want to suffer this loss. And yet God lays it upon me because he's looking down to the glory that shall be revealed. He's looking down the line to the eternal benefit and welfare that he has in mind for me in his eternal kingdom. And so the psalmist almost tripped up until he went into the sanctuary of God, and then he got the broader view. Surely you did set them in slippery places. You cast them down unto destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. 
This is a portion of the text that Jonathan Edwards used in his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Perhaps one of the most powerful sermons that has ever been preached on the American continent by old Jonathan Edwards, a Puritan. He was nearsighted, and he had written the sermon out, and he read it just right up close because he was nearsighted. But that sermon was so powerful before he was finished. Sinners were crawling down the aisles, crying out in agony, begging God for mercy. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. He took this, surely thou hast set them in slippery places. And he likened to sinners as walking on an icy plank over the pit of hell with nothing to hold on to. At any moment, your foot is going to slip and you'll be plunged on into destruction. God is under no obligation to keep you alive. God is under no obligation to hold you up. So the psalmist saw the end of the life of wickedness. It's not so good. It's not so pleasant. Oh, how foolish to envy them. Look what their destiny is. <laughs> how foolish to be jealous of them. Look what is in store. They are consumed with terrors. As a dream, when one awakes, so, O oh Lord, when you awake, you will despise their image. Thus, my heart was grieved. I was grieved with my own stupidity, with my own folly. Imagine about to be tripped up over something like that. Oh, my, how foolish I was. And ignorant, I was like a beast before you. That is, without reasoning capacities, without logic. I was just like an animal with no reasoning capacities. For nevertheless, here I was envious of them, but they are devoid of you. I am with you continually. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And at the end, you're going to receive me into glory. Oh, what a wonderful life I really have. God is with me, holding me by the right hand, guiding me with his counsel. And when I get to the end of the road, he's going to receive me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart fails, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee, but it's good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in Jehovah God that I may declare all thy works. The psalmist almost slipped. But he discovered that the wicked was the one who was really in slippery places, not him. Psalm 74 is one of those psalms there 
the psalmist again is speaking of the desolation that has come and the apparent quietness of God in the face of the desolation. God didn't do anything to stop it. God has allowed this desolation and God's hand is not yet seen as far as the delivering of the people. O God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why doth thine anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember thy congregation which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance which thou hast redeemed, this Mount Zion where you have dwelt. Lift up your feet unto the perpetual desolations, even all that the enemy hath done wickedly in the sanctuary. For thine enemies roar in the midst of thy congregations. They set up their incense for signs. A man was famous according to as he had lifted up the axes upon the thick trees. But now they are breaking down the carved work thereof at once with axes and hammers." And so he speaks of the desolation that had come to the house of God, how they had taken the axe and hammers and had destroyed the beautiful carved works that were there in the sanctuary of God, and how they then set it on fire, and they've defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. And so the Holy of Holies was cast down. They said in their hearts, let us destroy them together. They have burned up all of the synagogues of God in the land. And we see not our signs. There is no more any prophet, neither is there any among us that knows how long. We don't know how long this desolation is going to go on. Oh God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Pluck it out of your bosom, Lord. Get busy, God. Help us. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You did divide the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the dragons in the waters. You broke the heads of the Leviathan in places and gave him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. You did cleave the fountain and the flood and you dried up the mighty rivers. The day is thine, the night is also yours. And you have prepared the light and the sun. You have set all the borders of the earth. You have made summer and winter. Remember this, that the enemy hath reproached, O Jehovah, and that the foolish people have blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of your turtle dove unto the multitude of the wicked, Forget not the congregation of the poor forever. Have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. Oh, let not the oppressed return to shame. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Arise, O God, plead thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches thee daily. Forget not the voice of thine enemies. The tumult of those that rise up against thee increases continually." And so the psalmist crying out unto God because of the desolations of the temples, the synagogues, by the enemies, the, the oppression of God's people. Psalm 75, unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. For that thy name is near thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. This is, of course, God 
answering. Now the earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it. And so many of times in the Psalms we find God's response to the cry of the psalmist. And it is always a beautiful thing when God responds directly to the prayer, to the cry. And this happens in many psalms. Psalms 32, Psalm 75, Psalm 91, uh, where God himself responds. I said to the fools, deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge, and he puts down one and sets up another. This to me shows the folly of our endeavor to promote ourselves or to promote our own efforts or even to promote the program of God. So many churches have promotional programs. I was in that trap for years. In fact, we were sharing with some pastors in Portland as I was asked to speak at a conference up there. And I had breakfast with some pastors, and this one pastor was telling me, we were talking about contests and giveaways and gimmicks and all to get people to church. And he was telling me how this one pastor that pastored the church prior to his moving there advertised that they were going to give a baby chick to everyone who came to church on Easter Sunday morning. And so they brought the chicks, I guess, there the night before, and they said when they came into the church, it smelled like a barn <laughs> on Easter Sunday. And there was one lady whose husband was unsaved. And they had been praying for this man for years. But he was just bitter and stubborn and hard, and he just wouldn't go to church. But finally, this Easter Sunday, he consented to go to church. And of course, everybody was rejoicing and praising the Lord that her husband finally consented to go to church. So the next week, when the pastor saw this lady, he said, well, how did your husband enjoy the service? And she said, oh, pastor, when we came up to the door, they were having so much problem passing the chicks out, someone asked him if he wouldn't help pass out chicks. And so he never did get into the service. He spent the whole time passing out chicks. How tragic. When we tried to promote God or to promote the work of God or even try to promote ourselves, God said promotion doesn't come from the east, from the west, from the south. God is the judge. He's the one that raises up and he's the one that puts down. And all that we would learn to just let the Lord do the promotion if he so desires. But we would not try to promote ourselves or the work of God. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. It is full of mixture 
and he pours out the same, but the dregs thereof, all of the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. God's cup of wrath, the wine is red. In the book of Revelation, we read also of that wine cup of God's wrath in chapter 14 where we read, The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast, his image, receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb that wine of the fierceness of God's wrath that is to be poured out upon the earth. And so referred to here in the psalm and also made mention of in Revelation. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalm 73 through 75 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you by His power and in His love that you might be God's instrument this week to share His love with others that you might be a blessing to those that you come in contact with as they sort of draw from your relationship with Jesus and are strengthened and blessed because of your walk with Him. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question? You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. 
Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call The Word for Today at 800 272 